0: Hello and welcome
1: to the ECE Quality Ireland podcast. I'm Celine Govern, And I'm Paula Walsh. And today we are joined by a guest, Maureen Ranta, who is um, a lecturer in the Southeast Technological University and also a PhD candidate who has very kindly um, agreed to come on and chat with us today about her research um, that she's undertaken at the moment. So hi, Maureen How are you? Hi. Awesome, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for coming on. So maybe if you could start by just I suppose giving us a general overview and insight into what your research um, is all about.
2: Okay, so um my my research really um is uh, arrived or derived from a research um masters um Scholarship that was um, available in the Southeast Technological University back in 2019. Uh, it was under the President's Fellowship Award and they were looking for um, somebody to explore, um, to, to take on a child rights-based um, participatory project that explored with young children themselves um, their own perspectives and lived experiences of nature. And really, you know, kind of um and that and that was under a particular um education right uh in from the Convention on the Rights of the Child, known as Article 29one e So my project was to work with 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 young children, so in early childhood, to explore their own ideas, perspectives, um, of of nature learning. And why, you know, really why we we uh, this project came about was, well, for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, I'm often met with the idea or, or people will say, well, that's quite timely, you know, given the fact that uh, we're in the middle of a climate crisis. Uh, but equally, um, you know, um, early childhood as kind of an education uh, sector has has hasn 't you know for example uh, the same resources in terms of, of of teacher training and in terms of actual you know learning resources or or access to major you know there's a long list mm. of resources not available for us uh, in early childhood that, that supports that education right and so with that you know and with the push for um Education for for sustainable development that is now on, um, you know it, uh, it, and also you know the fact that we're also pushing a lot towards child participation and children expressing mm-hmm. and sharing their views on matters that affect them under another, uh, you know, right Article Twelve. Uh, it was timely that uh, we could take the opportunity to work directly with. Very important members um, of our sector, namely the children themselves, and give them the opportunity to, 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 to share their, their views and their expect, their, their expectations, experiences of what um, a module for education for sustainable development could look like for our sector. So really, um, that's kind of the rationale behind it.
0: That's really, really interesting.
2: And I'm just, something
0: that occurred to me as you're speaking, when you met those very important little people, the children, were you surprised either negatively or or positively about their prior knowledge in terms of climate change, nature, the environment? Um, You know, did they already have a prior knowledge?
2: Well, I mean, the the setting where where I um, am, the research took place, uh, was a setting where children already had um a lot of, you know they had access okay. to, to nature on a daily basis um was i surprised n- n- no I, 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 you know I, I was not surprised uh were their contributions or their knowledge um um did i learn did i learn um things from them Yes, I did. Uh, Were they kind of specifically or directly aligned with uh, knowledge towards sustainability? Not necessarily, but at the same time, it wasn't only. It wasn't. I wasn't there to measure uh, their knowledge as such, but rather to kind of uh, open the space to a new type of knowledge. So, not necessarily enable sustainability, but maybe more so their contributions to what that approach might look like. Um, and they had a lot of contribution in terms of,
1: well, this is actually how we want to go about our learning. Okay, And can I ask you uh, more and just to put it into context for people that this topic mightn't be very familiar with when you're talking about sustainability, um, you know, are we talking about recycling are we talking about climate change are we talking like what are we how could you frame that like what sustainability actually is what you know if you had to pin it down well first you know first of all i think you know that in itself is kind of like
2: the, the 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 starting point if we actually understand or we establish what do we understand about sustainability i mean historically when we're talking about education for sustainable development more often than not, we're talking kind of about the ecological um, pers- a pillar of that. But UNESCO themselves describes multi multi dimensions or multi layers of sustainability. So, you know, you have let's say the ecological one or the learning about the environment. But equally, there's an economic pillar of of sustainability. Um, in terms of you know the resources we're using or how we're using our resources, um, on top of that, there's also a social and cultural pillar to to sustainability, um, and a political uh, um, pillar to to sustainability. So there's many different um, aspects of of sustainability, and I think what um, what is helpful with that is that. Um, for me, at least, what I have learned is that for education, for sustainability to be effective or authentic for a learner um, their contact, their context and, and their culture and, and, and where they live and how they live and, and the realities of their lives is hugely important. You know, there's no point, for example, me launching, um, you know, a sustainability project about compost or recycling when within that space you know wh- while the learners that are within my space um are you know they, they, they're not uh, you know they're hungry or they're 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 they live in poverty or they live with racism you know it's so so the actual yeah. or, or they don't have access to 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 fresh water so i guess maybe two points that really i 'd like to kind of bring home right now to understand sustainability is it 's complex there's many different aspects of sustainability it 's not just a case of 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 bringing our children outside to nature uh, mm-hmm. it 's not just about nature connections and equally you know really in terms of any type of learning but 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 for uh, education for sustainable development to be meaningful the local context and and the culture uh, where the learner is where the educational setting is 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 usually mm. is hugely important and that kind of those aspects need to be understood first before i rock up with my wormery oh. yeah
0: yeah and i mean that that strikes me all the time so my setting is in rural ireland um, in County Me, then we're actually a Tidy Towns village. We won the overall competition in 2013, and I am the secretary of the Tidy Towns Committee. So you can only imagine how embedded we are. The parents are all volunteers, they all sit on the community. So for me, the local context sits very comfortably with me. Do you know what I mean? But I can only imagine that that is not the situation for all. Um, early year services around the country depending on where they're based depending on you know educators knowledge and you know availability of parents maybe to volunteer and all that kind of stuff so yeah I would imagine that there are barriers there depending on your local context Um, and I'm wondering did you come across any of them or how do we How, I suppose, how do we bring the the local community and the educators on this journey with us and with the children? Because we're only the facilitators, aren't we? You know, the journey is really the child's journey and we're facilitating them to get on that journey. And can we bring, how can we do that? How can we bring
2: people on board? Well, I think first and foremost, if we're going to talk about, if I understand your question. Are you asking me how do we, you know, establish an approach to education for sustainable development?
0: Yes. That make,
2: that makes sense to your setting. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. So how how do we go about how do we go about establishing or or, or, or taking sustain, sustainability um um in a way that that is meaningful and that is authentic and is of interest uh, yes and that speaks to the, to the children child in their context to to the children first and foremost well I think kind of the first principle in that regard and again um i i'm i'm'm I'm I'm, 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 uh, I'm just fresh off uh, data collection sessions with practitioners because my research has now gone, from sharing uh, the contributions uh, from from my my research participants now with practitioners to discuss exactly that question. So what I would say is the first thing that is necessary is to establish um, the authentic learning that takes place within your setting. And so again, from an early childhood. Perspective, specifically pedagogically speaking, uh, early childhood. We, you know, we are masters in terms of knowing our individual learners. We have the skill set mm-hmm. uh, in terms of identifying how different children, how different individuals choose to learn. Um, you know, again, in terms of how children like to take part in their education, we, as practitioners, we're tuned in to how children prefer to communicate, be that verbally or non-verbally. So even before we get to establishing an actual sustainable project, a mm-hmm. huge amount of work that that needs to take place and is not foreign to us
1: mm-hmm.
0: as
2: mm-hmm. as educators already, is to take the time to establish the learner, the authentic learner participation that takes place within your setting. And with it, so I guess I suppose what I'm saying is it's important to identify how your children um, choose to take part in their learning uh, before you get near any subject.
1: Yes. And actually just building on something that you said there, I'm just, you know, I'm just sort of thinking of, I know you were saying, you know, we're obviously we're we're experts in, you know, um, facilitating our children, knowing the children and, you know, building on their emergent interests and all that stuff. But I wonder, I'm sort of thinking along the lines of first five and a 50% degree led workforce, right by 2028. Wonderful. But there's also going to be a 50% not degree led workforce. Yeah, so. Do, how do you see, um, I suppose, practitioners that mightn't really get to focus that much on the topics of, you know, participatory rights or sustainable development or any of those things because they go as far as level six and a lot of these things don't get introduced to later on. So in relation to the practitioner on the ground, how, you know, how would you like to see the research at the other end? How would you like to see it sort of? Been made relevant and meaningful in relation to everyday practice across ireland if you know what i mean yeah well first and foremost let
2: me say that i believe that sustainability in itself education for sustainability should be a module that is available at all levels similar to similar to children's rights so first and foremost uh, it is now time we are flat bang in the middle of a climate crisis uh, it is now time to bring in education for sustainability at every level. So, 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 that, so that, that is what, the, you know, that's kind of the first thing. How that's going to be done, you know, I mean, at the moment, the, the second um, national strategy has just come out uh, uh, for Ireland in terms of how they're going to go about approaching education for sustainable development for the next, um, up until 2030. Uh, and you know it it, it reads beautifully uh, in terms of uh, of what needs to be done that we are going to, that we our educators are going to be empowered with knowledge so that we can uh, empower our learners in turn. So how I would like that look is a uh, real manageable, accessible training that uh, makes sense to practitioners. Uh, so not not just a case of going, yeah, here, you know, an add-on, you know, an add-on to your instructors or an add-on to like, oh, here's one of the goals now for the for the famous core funding that, that that we're all discussing, but that we actually need to be trained. So it's not, for example, I think within Eric Childhood, and I'm going to say it again and again because my own research has really identified consolidation within our you know our holistic approach uh, in early childhood we are at a pedagogical advantage in terms of engaging in rights based education sustainability so we're already there with the pedagogy okay we're already there at many different levels we're already there but we need the science you know we need the actual information on sustainability we need to we need the science we need the resources and while i'm at it we also need to have access to, you know, to nature for every child uh, and, and how that's going to look. Um, so when I'm reading the strategy now, it talks about, um, it talks a lot about how they're going to empower. Ed- and with knowledge, that's grand, But when you're empowering, you're empowering educators with knowledge we also want resources. You know, you, you need to give us the resources. You need to give us the environment. You know, you need to give us uh, elements that I found particularly important within my research to establish the right space. With time, I needed to have time. I needed to have space. Uh, researching or, or, or anything in early childhood, as we know, is a complete mess. You know, I- I- in terms of making anything rights space. It's messy. There's 7 million things going on. So mm-hmm. time, elements like best grand, we have the knowledge, but we don't have the time and space to, 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 to um, support our young children or to bring this, this knowledge to them in a way that is reflective of their authentic learning. So uh, to answer your question, which I think you asked me about 10 minutes ago, was I want to see training uh, in, for sustainability, for children's rights, at uh, initial at all levels and in a way that is meaningful and supportive of both the, the 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 student and for their setting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, as I you know think about it, I teach secondary school as well as teaching um, being a provider in the early years sector. And I was just saying to Paula earlier on, you know, that it is so important that we begin this type of learning with our children at the earliest, earliest age. I know we talk about early intervention and other aspects of of children's lives, but you can never start this too early. You know, I often find when they come into us in first year, if they don't already have a basic understanding, it's very hard for us then to make an impact in terms of climate change. And so, you know, we were talking there about, you know, training the practitioner and the educator, and that's all really, really, really important. But within that, don't we have to keep the focus on, it's not about, yes, the training is crucial. And as you say, the time and the space and the money and and the resources, but to always keep the focus on, you know, the children as rights holders, that, you know, that this is their right. They have a right to a clean and a healthy environment, but also they have a responsibility and they have it from that earliest age. And Mm so, you know, would you agree that it's really important that we can never start? With and Paula are saying, you know, are we talking about just from age three up or is there maybe a space there for the zero to three year old well, age?
2: Well, I think, I mean, within, within, you know, that point that you're making, there was, number, there was a number of points kind of flashing in my brain that I want to almost say that. So first of all, I think that a response to my research is very often, oh, well, it's very timely. It's very timely because of the climate crisis and, and we must start at the very beginning. Yeah, but I mean, with any behavior or with any attitude, we need to start from the very beginning. You know, I mean, the, a child is not born, you know, with, with you know, without some kind of, uh, you know, a ch- we're, we're born into a world where be- behaviors are. So, I mean, this kind of... Um, Oh, I'm going to go off on one now. So, I yes. The the question is, uh, should we start at the very beginning? Yes. However, what I want to say and what I find dangerous is, um, quite often when we're talking about, let's say, children and child participation with education for sustainable development, we need to be very conscious that we why we are you know positioning them as rights holders. We're not positioning them as, you know, our saviors. The fact of the matter is the climate crisis was an adult cause problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for us now, and, and that's why I think that this rights-based approach to education for sustainability is so hugely important because the climate the climate crisis uh, is affecting you know, the the people or or the humans that have actually, you know, not caused it. You know, the the most affected uh, people uh, that are going to be affected by climate crisis are our children, are 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 the indigenous cultures that have nothing to do with it. So I think uh, overall it's important to recognize that climate crisis is an overall child rights issue. It's an intergenerational injustice. However, equally, while it's important for us to start to support our children in, in teaching, you know, uh, sustainable behaviors, we, it's, it's, it's also necessary to respect the fact that this this is a really, this is an injustice that has taken place in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was the one, you know, the one point that I need to make. And that's why it's usually important in terms of making it rights based, because yeah. really now with the likes of the Sustainable Development Goal, uh, particularly for you know w- uh, education has been underlined as the way forward. Uh, you know this is what's going to save us all is education. However, it's 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 it, 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 it's not fair. It's 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 it, it's unethical for us to ambush you know our children's education and go right. We're after messing up your um, your world, but now you need to learn. You know, we need to like we, you need to put down uh, the glitter, and you know, you, you know, you need to put down the twistables. We ain't going to McDonald's no more because I've messed up. Your, you know, so it's it's a case of being very mindful of you know saying that yes, while education is going to be a tool. To support the change of behaviours necessary to combat climate crisis, we need to be mindful of how we, how we, um, what we do to our children, to to, you know, to infringe on on their enjoyment of rights even more. Um, And so that's kind of why the push is on for. Really, child participation and the opportunity for our very youngest children as well um, to 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 take them as the rights holder and to make a space with them that you know gives them the opportunity to express
1: um, how they want to direct that learning. And I think does that would be you know when when, when just listening to you there, it sort of links me right back to what you were saying at the start about community and that, you know, and and other terms that we use all the time and we probably sometimes just use them a bit, you know, throwing them out there. But I think it is really what I'm getting from you is that we need to make it relevant and meaningful to them as, you know, in relation to where they are in the world. You know, we talk about making things age and stage appropriate and developmentally appropriate and relevant and meaningful and all those lovely terms that we use from and that. But I think and it's sort of making sense to me now a bit more when you're talking about earlier on, you know, we have the knowledge, we have the expertise. And I think I probably was. Shooting right to the end, thinking. But do we have the, the enough knowledge about the child? Right? Do we have enough knowledge about the environment? But actually, we do have a lot of that base knowledge there. I think, don't we, about how to make things relevant and meaningful? How to listen to the child's voice? Where, well, we need to get better at it. But you know, it is we're getting better at it. How to you know build upon their interests and their learning and extend upon them in the early years environment? So we probably you know. Maybe I underestimated us a little bit that we probably do have a lot more there. It's about pairing it back and seeing what we have there and making it relevant and meaningful to the children is what I'm getting from you. But what I wonder is, you know, I know you mentioned something about the inspectorate earlier on, but do you think that we should have more focus on this in the next iteration of Ashter? Should we have a shield to standard about it? You know, should it be an area for inspection because if we don't we know it everything in early years if we don't nearly have the fear that the inspectors coming in to look at it that it's very easy to um, say well we don't have money to do it or we don't have time to do it whereas if we have to do it because we know we're being inspected as part of our formal processes you know maybe then that would sorry yeah so what, what, what would you think about that
2: well, I am. I am
1: very reluctant.
2: Yeah, we need another inspection. Um, but <laughs> I do. I, I. It's. It's actually feedback. We. We had this conversation with practitioners part in. In. In my. In my. Uh, in the second part of my research, and the suggestion came directly from them to say, unfortunately, the way it is, and this isn't. You know, it's important to say at this stage that this isn't, you know, necessarily specific to early childhood. But the fact of the matter is it, education for sustainable development in Ireland has met with a lot of resistance. Yeah. You know, so so in comparison to other countries, it has. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, it has been discussed that you know, the, perhaps one of the reasons that is is because, you know, uh, we have an educational system that is predominantly based on economic theory. Uh, dare I say it? And therefore, um, while I, you know, it it um, maybe goes against you know the philosophy of you know us all having that. Um, innate connection and 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 sharing that responsibility to save our planet which i have to say there is a there is an awful lot of like even the discussion that i had uh was there there is a lot of good intention there's a lot of good of individual attention uh from people um but unfortunately, uh the the society that we live in, you know, anything, even, you know, composting at home, like there's many different systems within our systems that are not supporting what we necessarily want to do. You know, like there's a lot of broken systems going on. Um, So, yes, I think, you know, um, there's there's a very good resource. So without, you know... What I would like to see happening really without announcing a news uh, inspection, I would like to see uh, somehow that um, there's some form of audit like it's kind of a sustainability audit um, but mm-hmm. rather something that kind of worked in collaboration with settings. you know so maybe mm-hmm. sustainability officers, um you know i mean we we've had some good we have had some really good you know mentoring um mm-hmm. different mentors that are going into different settings for for, for mm-hmm. different aspects. so possibly sustainable officers mm-hmm. that offer a mentor type uh approach mm-hmm. in supporting establishing um first of all perhaps auditing. What existing sustainability practices are taking place, and um, what changes could be made? Um, equally, I think it's very important. I would think at this stage to establish uh, a sustainability policy f- for each setting. I think that. But 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 that but that. I, what I want to say is, I don't want to see any providers are left alone in this. You yeah. know, I don't want to see this going right. Middle of a climate crisis now. Add to your list. You need to save the planet. You know, add to the list. If if you you didn't have enough to be
1: worrying about, to save the planet now, yeah. 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 And that sort of brings us on to something we were talking about earlier. You're probably going to, you're probably going to mention this now. Anyway, Selena say, were you? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking you about. It
0: from me. Sorry, um,
1: go on, you yeah, go ahead. No,
0: no. And I agree with you. Uh, we're in, and it, it was, um, you know, we were probably pushing our luck there. um, throwing in the, the, in, the inspection <laughs> question, because nobody wants to see more inspectors for anything. coming. But something that has been a bit of a bear bug of mine, um, is that for the last 10 years or so, I have tried to um, get involved in the green schools program in the green flag program and total resistance. We're not allowed in. It's not happening. Um, We do have um, the Minister for Children, Roderick O'Gorman, is, of course, you know, from the Green Party. And I will be sharing this podcast and saying, you know, surely that that is something that we could be in. So that rather than an inspection process, as you say, you know, that there could be a system of mentoring and a goal and that the children can be involved in a success criteria. And, you know, that, as Paula said to me earlier on, the the framework for that is already set up and established so mm-hmm. it's obviously a financial, the only barrier I can imagine that it is, is a financial barrier. And maybe that is one of the areas that could be supported um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to, bring us are, in, to bring us in positively, I suppose.
2: Well, what I would like to say, um, you know, in, in terms of that, um, you know, if you're having a word with uh, Rodrigo there, I'd just like to... Um, you know take the opportunity to grab my convention as you know as as the legal framework uh, and and within the strategy itself in it, for the second strategy it does acknowledge uh you know that it says that it's framed uh, by many other other um uh, frameworks but but by children's rights itself and so it, back in 2014 so you know omep Established First of all, OMEC established that positioning children as rights holders within their educational settings was fundamental in terms of establishing education for sustainable development. So this is not new. This was back in 2008. And within any of our, any of our uh, strategies that have been used or updated, the same message is there. And in 2014, the first strategy for education for sustainable development described early childhood, that we could be forefrontal. The exact words in the policy was early childhood could be forefrontal in, in, um, you know, uh, in the promotion of of, um, education for sustainable development. Mm -hmm. Now we're on to the new one again. And so it hasn't happened. You know, we do not have the same resources as other sectors. So if I take on, if I put on my children's rights hat now and I say, first of all, right, that's discrimination. Under Article uh, 2, our young children are being discriminated against on their age. You know, so for whatever reasons, whatever assumptions, whatever people have decided why early childhood is or isn't, it's a discrimination. So that's Mm -hmm. a discrimination under Article 2. Then we have Article 3. You know the child's rights, the principle of best interests. You know, of course, it's within our children's best interests to uh, to be fully enjoy a, a healthy environment, and what a healthy environment looks like for them is again another huge area to establish. And we go on to Article Four, and Article Four talks about you know the um, the measures uh, the, 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 that that the, that, the, that the state party needs to apply whatever measures necessary or what it has to support uh, all children to, um, to, to enjoy their social and cultural rights. So again, we say, well, now under Article 4, you haven't invested in early childhood as you have as much in the other settings. And then we'll go down to Article 12, and we we'll go, and by the way, we're all talking about child participation. Child participation is probably the difference between this strategy now and the strategy from before is we are now very much talking about child participation. And therefore, I would say, you know, under, under the convention, our youngest children have a right to, 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 um, to direct uh, and to engage um, in, in a curriculum, to make a curriculum that has meaning for them to, to support um, their, uh, the approach to education for sustainable development, and then finally, no, two more. Article 29.1e, um, Minister of uh, all children in, in Ireland. Under Article 29.1e, state parties are directed to support all children in an education to develop a respect for the natural environment. And finally, under Article 44, we, we, all of us educators, early childhood educators, We are also, state governments are meant to be providing us with an education on children's rights so we can then support our children in their position as rights holders. So um, I suppose right now the strategy looks really good and it's a nice map, but I would like to see it being integrated with children's rights and to use all of the points I've raised to really advocate for us all to advocate we have the pedagogy we have the strategy we need the resources and the support and we want to get involved we want to have we want to be part of how this education for sustainable development is going to look like for our sector so you know, yeah. And if you'd like to uh, open up a working group uh, where we can take the children's participation and the practitioners' participation, we're all here waiting to go.
1: Yeah. Uh, the last question I would like to ask um, is, you know, and it's in relation to, um, you know, and actually it's funny because we had actually said earlier on um, when we myself and and Salim were discussing it, we did say that they're discriminating against children in early childhood even on the basis of not, not allowing them to partake in the green flag um um programs you know which would be wonderful and would could bring in the local community the partnership of parents all that stuff you know it would really you know i can't see the reasons why you know they wouldn't do it sorry were you going to say something we I was just going to say, it's not, you know,
2: I, I do know of some settings, it's important to say that I do know of some settings that have uh, been allowed to take part in the green flag, and they have. Now, I don't know the background or the reasons why they were and some aren't. Uh, what I would say is, uh, in terms of, the, let's say, the green school training that takes part, I would like to see it uh, resources developed specifically for you know the type of ped- pedagogy we use, and an acknowledgement that we we are a very very different uh, curriculum than than that being used in primary. So it's I think it's important for me to say that there are definitely settings in Ireland that have taken part in the green flag, but it's not. Uh, it's 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 not a free. It's so far we we don't all have the the opportunity to do it. So there's yeah, and even there's that in itself,
0: yeah, even that in itself is um, mm-hmm. problematic because some. Some schools are benefiting. Some preschools are benefiting, while well, others aren't. But then, as you say, they are benefiting from a green schools program, which has been developed for the primary school sector and is not specific to the early years. And so, that is important. And I suppose you know maybe they are situated actually in schools. You know, sometimes that happens. Possibly, Possibly. yeah, sometimes that happens, and and that's the way that 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 that, that works. And um, and I suppose you know to 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 reprogram the whole thing, if you like to be suitable for the earlier sector, which you point out is very different is very, very different. It you know, costs money and investment is needed. So um that would be that would be a real step in the right direction if we could get yes. that get it sorted. Yeah.
2: And yeah. I'm sitting on some fantastic research and it's fantastic contributions already from children and practitioners that I'm ready to share uh, should that be the case.
0: Yeah, well, Absolutely. I have to say it's been excellent and it's really opened my eyes. I was just saying to Paula earlier on, I was going into, this is the first path podcast kind of, I went into a little bit blind as such kind of, you know, um.
1: Yeah, but it's wonderful for us then because we're learners. That's so what much. it's all about yeah. as well, you yeah. know.
0: I've learned I so know- much think go away thinking about all of this now
1: yeah yeah I know we're going to run out of time now so I just want to say thank you so much Moran for um for coming on to talk to us and I hope that we did your research justice with the absolutely we asked and I you. want
2: to say thank you to you both for opening up a space like this for us for people who are working alone by themselves